welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, featuring your host, Angela Harders. We're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom, and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime, beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast is brought to you by the book, Gospel-Based Parenting, a biblical study on discipline and discipling. In this book, you will explore what the Bible really says about spanking and how we can discipline our children the biblical way without spanking or punishment. Every chapter includes a list of discussion and application questions to help you reflect on God's word, God's heart, and your own heart as you seek to discipline and disciple your children like Jesus. Buy your copy today. Hello, and welcome to the Peaceful World Schoolers podcast, where we are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. My name is Angela Harders. I'm a special education teacher, gentle parenting author, and a proud world schooling mother to two amazing children, Sophia, who is seven, and Benjamin, who's three. Today on the Peaceful World Schooling podcast, I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to Myrna Fay. Thank you so much for joining us today as we have a conversation that can change the world. Thank you so much for having me too. I'm really delighted that you invited me to your podcast and I hope to be able to, you know, share something of value to your listeners. So yeah, I'm also a single one like you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I have an 18 year old. I've been on my own. I've been supporting her on my own since I gave birth to her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also a teacher. I'm, a, I'm teaching art appreciation and physical education at State University here in my locality. Uh, but right now I'm actually on leave because I just had my operation, spinal decompression surgery last May. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I'm just recuperating from that surgery. And just, you know, enjoying my time with my daughter because I've been really busy for 18 years working out my butt for her. (laughs) Yeah, That's that's beautiful. And um, what, just for, so my listeners know, what country are you from? Out here, right here is the city of San Fernando, Philippines. It's somewhere here in the north, Ilocos region. So a lot of people, especially foreigners, come here because we are we have a lot of beaches here, and uh, we have a resort uh, for surfing. So you know, a lot of foreigners love surfing, and they come here for that. <laughs> <laughs> so Myrna is from mm-hmm. the Philippines, as she mentioned, and actually, you're my first guest that's from the Philippines. So I'm really excited to learn more, Hopefully. not just about you. <laughs> Yeah, 
um, I, I'm excited to learn not just about you, but also about your, your culture and what it is like to be mm -hmm. a single parent and a gentle parent in the Philippines. Um, and uh, so we, I know we have a lot in common from being single moms, but also gentle parenting is something that is really important to you. And I'm wondering, what does gentle parenting mean to you? For me, gentle parenting is the practice of not giving corporal punishment to a kid and raising them with kindness and support that will develop their, uh, you know, attitude and how they value life and how they could be future parents as well. Because if you do not teach them the proper way of parenting, if you do not show them gentleness from the onset on their childhood, they won't develop kindness as well, you know. Mm -hmm. We should start kids from, you know, from the moment they're, they're, they are already aware of their surroundings. They can listen to you. They can look at you, your behavior. That's gentle parenting to me. I mean, it's not spoiling the kid because my child, I mean, my daughter is not spoiled at all. Mm -hmm. She knows her limits, but it's a different thing of being a, gentle parent from a very autocratic parent you know especially here in the philippines gentle parenting is not really you know um normal say it's not really the trend they i mean here in the philippines we have a very conservative uh, conservative um, culture you know so mm -hmm. there are things that are really completely taboo when you talk about it you know and then uh we have a, a what we call the patriarch or patriarchal society i mean, I mean like uh, the kind of family um you, know, you you're supposed to be the parent you're the only authority that will the the, the kids should listen to in my case it's different because I've had a bad mood. I mean bad when I say bad it's because I didn't have a voice as I, I grew up just you know uh, doing that nodding to everything saying yes to everything since childhood until until actually my mom died <laughs> oh no I'm so sorry so i yeah, last 24 days. I, I promised myself all those bad things that I saw as I grew up. I promised myself that when I have my own daughter or, or when I have my own child, I'll try to be as gentle as I could. But of course, with a certain level of firmness that I could still instill discipline, even though I grew up in, a, in the Philippines, you know, because there's also the kind of parenting here that they're already um, very modern in a, in, in a sense that they've already adopted um, very overly um, modern in such a way that there is no more discipline. I, I don't want that kind of parenting as well. I would still 
prefer the gentle parenting with a certain level of firmness so that I could still mm-hmm. discipline my, pa- my, my, my kid, you know. So mm-hmm. that gentle parenting is it's very, very giving everything, um, doing everything for the child, and then you forget about giving discipline, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. I I do. And I think that's a really powerful distinction that you made that a lot of times when people hear about gentle parenting, they think that we're just spoiling our kids, like you mentioned, or letting them do whatever they want. Um, But that's not the case. You know, uh, the word discipline, at least here in, in the United States, a lot of times we think that discipline means punishment, but it doesn't. Discipline just means teaching. And so you can still be a gentle parent and teach and guide your child and set boundaries. And, but, but it is, it's a different approach where you're interacting with them with kindness and gentleness and, and not this kind of authoritarian power and control over another human being. Um, And I know you said that your upbringing in the Philippines, um, you didn't have a very gentle bringing in the Philippines is that correct right I guess it's it's because my mom was married to a military person mm. so of course aside from us being Filipinos they're you know conservative uh, people and then my mom was married to a, a soldier but she was widowed very early so she was left with all of us six siblings oh, wow. to raise um alone so you know she was just a teacher at the time and maybe all of that boiled down on her I mean burned her down with all the stress of being alone and raising us all you know it was some kind of uh, an experience that I can never forget Mm. but it taught me to be resilient and to be a strong woman and it taught me not to do it to my kids yeah. and even my future kids, if ever in the future. So, you know, mm-hmm. like like I said a while back, uh, gentle parenting here in the Philippines is not really very common because of conservative uh, culture, of our conservative culture. But only when, I guess I could speak for some people who, are, who, who, who think like me, it is only when... Um, parents are widespread, you know, their proper parenting, that is only the time that they could be gentle parents to their kids, mm-hmm. even though they are Filipinos. But they're in a certain percentage, I'd say, in a ratio of 10, I say maybe three out of ten parents mostly would be autocratic parents and then the rest would be um do what you want parents (laughs) Hmm. so what is autocratic parents what does that mean i can say i can say that my mom was like that i could say that a lot of filipino parents are like that Mm -hmm. what does that look like to be an autocratic parent for me, from my observation, from my readings, it 
some kind of a leader or a parent that would just, uh, you know, this is my rule. I am the mother. I am the father. You listen to me. You don't have the right to question my my rules. If you want to question me, get out of this house. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. You know, my, my daughter and I are just like, let's say, like best friend in such a way that she listens to me. I listen to her. We talk about it. We argue once in a while. But in the end of it all, we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes she all she always reminds me that I'm your mom too. Mm. <laughs> because there are things that, yeah, it's so funny, you know, because she always tells me, mm, I'm your mother again this time. Because there, there, there are things that, you know, when, when we try to look at it in a certain angle, she has the right opinion. Mm. She is correct and I'm wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? So we exchange <laughs> views because... You know, she's already 18, of course, she's already 18. And she's already, she reads a lot too, like me. She watches, you know, I talk about her, I talk about everything. So she, let's say at the age of 18, with no experience of having a boyfriend, she's definitely matured already. Hmm. So... There are, you know, there are topics, there are certain things that I believe that she has a way of better understanding than I, Mm. if you get what I mean. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, um, there, no, if if I remember it right in the past, um, it was she was still in the elementary yeah she was still in the elementary when i already trained her to choose and decide on simple things that because i wanted her to learn about choosing and then realizing the effect of the choice choice sorry choice that she made yes that is my my siblings yeah my siblings right my siblings were questioning the way I was raising her because they were autocratic um, parents Hmm. they told me why are you letting her choose she's still very young Mm. it's not proper she's still very young I told them why should not I? Mm. She, she already knows what looks good, what looks bad, what tastes delicious, and what does not. Mm-hmm. In those simple things, I should let her choose because I believe that whatever she chooses, at the end of the day, if she realizes that, oh, this is not good at all, then at least she won't you know, tell me, oh, it's your fault. You told yeah. me to choose this. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's that's not me. That's why I told you I'm a gentle parent because I think I am doing it the proper way 
of parenting her gently at a certain level. That's it. I I raised her well, I think, in that way because even until now, she is very careful in all her decisions. Mm. You know, with 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 education, with things she buys, with what she does with her time, with having a boyfriend and she chooses not to have a boyfriend even if I tell her oh it's okay you're eating your classmates have their own boyfriends oh no when I am at this age when my my batchmates and all that schoolmates are at this age I know they're just playing so I don't want to have a boyfriend okay (laughs) that's your choice she knows because she saw you know some of her schoolmates some of our um, housemates because I used to rent my own house and then we have housemates so I rented them also the rooms mm-hmm. so she saw students who are only college uh, my students also who were <laughs> only college um, they they got early pregnant mm-hmm. I mean they got pregnant at an early age and she saw how they suffered she saw that it was wrong mm-hmm. so even if I I and not really push her, but even if I tell her it's okay, and you know, having an inspiration is okay, she she chooses not to because she knows that it's not really the time. Mm-hmm. And I think I I I I proved my my siblings that I did the right thing because mm-hmm. you know when they compare my daughter to their own. They can easily see that she's very disciplined and their kids are not. And mm-hmm. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of how I raised my daughter, even if they say I'm spoiling her or I'm too soft as a mom. No, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of how I raised my daughter because she, all of them, actually, all of them would like her to go to their home or visit them to take care of things that their kids cannot take care of their own. You know, that's that's really something that I'm proud of. And and you you should be proud of that. I mean, it sounds like you have done an amazing job of honoring your daughter as an individual human being and loving her and guiding her and really giving her freedom. Um, which is so important, you know, that we can be able to give our children that freedom to choose that you mentioned and giving them freedom to choose and letting them experience the consequences of their choices, the natural consequences of their choices and and trust that they're going to learn from those experiences. And exactly like you mentioned, they're not going to be able to come back and say, oh, you, you made me do this or you made this happen. No, they really have to take responsibility for their lives and for who they are and for who they're going to be in the world. Um, but I, it sounds like you've done an absolutely amazing job. And, and I, I hope that your family truly is able to see the difference that it makes when we choose to parent our children with kindness and gentleness and respect, um, as opposed to that, you know, authoritarian power and control. 
um, that we see so often, at least, at, well, I'm here in the United States and, and that's something that is also very common here, you know, that belief that, that the parent has to be the one that's in control and, and you have to be, you know, punishing your children and they have to listen to you no matter what. And, um, and they just obey, you know, and, and so that is definitely something that's very common here. Although I, I do think that gentle parenting is starting to become um, something that more people are exploring and talking about, which is, which is great to see. Um, okay. I, I know that you mentioned that you're a teacher as well. You, you teach at the university, you said? Yeah, for tertiary level students. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a teacher too. I, I teach in a public high school here in, in um, Washington, D.C. area. And I'm wondering, how does gentle parenting impact your role as a teacher? Oh, it's so great. You know why? Because <laughs> they think that I'm better than their moms. <laughs> like they would want to come oftenly in our rented home and visit me and to stay there during their vacant time. And if it's my vacant time as well, they would say, ma'am, ma'am, let's go to your home. Why? Oh, we just want to be there. We want to cook there and then we eat with you. You know, something uh -huh. like that, right? If oh, I'm not going home because I only have an hour break, oh, then let's go to the canteen and eat something together. Or, you know, like they feel the love that there even if I'm not their real parent they feel that I teach them in the classroom but at the same time there is a certain touch of love together with discipline mm. so they appreciate it they feel the genuine love that that I, I give to all students that <laughs> won't find this they'll find this funny because because of that when they're when they're done with my class and it's their vacant they come and sit in with my other classes and then wait for me until I have my break to have a snack with me to have their lunch with me and <laughs> in the afternoon if it's their vacant they you know they just come me to me I mean the, let's go home we'll take you home okay whatever mm. you want okay if you want you can come with me so I guess I I I exude that aura of a gentle parent even if I try to hide it because <laughs> I have to be firm as well because I am a teacher but mm. I guess they feel it mm -hmm. and they want the love be with me <laughs> if they finish already their subject they still come and sit in I mean like after the semester then they don't have any subject already with me oh did I man what's your subject uh it's like this what's the code what's the room why oh we're coming we, we're, we're sitting in oh not again so you'll be master <laughs> of my subject <laughs> yeah that's that's so funny but yeah it's it's like that and you know even if they're already graduates they still visit me they 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 call me they message me through facebook and they'd like they they, they express their gratitude that you're not on the best teacher I have. you're the best second parent i have we love oh, you wow. you know something like yeah 
That's so overwhelming that even if I only teach a minor subject, you know, minor subject, Mm -hmm. that I didn't know, or sometimes I forget about it. But when students come back to me, and when they see me out there, In the in the, in the in their in their work already, and they they come across me. It's so wonderful to hear. Even other people, they would hear it. Oh, you're my favorite teacher. <laughs> also, it's so it's something that money cannot buy. Mm. That that's the gift of being a teacher, and that I guess the gift. the best compensation you can have when you practice gentle parenting even in at work and being a teacher yeah that's I think that's incredible that your students they have you as their teacher but yet they would refer to you as their second parent like and that just goes to show that they really desire to have that connection with an adult in their lives that loves them and that respects them as individuals and as human beings and that truly treats them with with kindness. Um, what What a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to give to your students to have that kind of a relationship with another adult and to see what's possible when they can treat someone else in the way that you treated them. Yeah, actually, the good thing, another thing that's great with gentle parenting as a mom and as a teacher that they can tell you everything mm-hmm. like literally everything no secrets even secrets that they can tell their parents that they cannot tell anybody they can tell it to me because they know mm-hmm. they're safe yeah yeah I can I can definitely relate to that too I have I've been teaching for over 12 years and I have students from my very first year teaching over a decade now and and they still like will call me like their second mom as well, you know, and now it's really interesting because now my students are having their own children um, and and seeing them like they've been watching me parent my children with gentleness and now seeing them start to do the same thing with their children it's beautiful, like seeing how they're changing the dynamic of the way that their families have been relating for generations. And now they're starting to incorporate these principles of, of love and kindness. And many of them have told me that, that it was because of them being able to see the way that I choose to parent my children differently than what they have experienced and the way that I would treat them as a teacher different to how they have experienced other teachers too. Um, but that's, that's incredible. I love that we both can share that, you know, being <laughs> teachers, being single mom, yeah. being gentle parents together, even though we're on opposite sides of the world, um, mm-hmm. still being able to share that's that same, fun. that same love for children yeah. is beautiful. Um, I, I'm wonder. I know you mentioned that, that you wanted to be a gentle parent because um, you kind of had a, a different experience growing up and you wanted to do something different with your own daughter. Um, how did you learn? How did you learn what strategies you could use? Because for me, that was really difficult. I I was parented in one way, and I when I decided I wasn't going to spank my daughter, 
Uh, I wasn't going to hit her to discipline her, or use corporal punishment or any punishment for that matter. I was, I was kind of left with this question of, well, what do I do now? Um, how did you learn what to do instead of all these things that you were used to? During the college days, there was a subject that taught how kids can be trained. Hmm. It's teaching strategies and then development of a, developmental psychology, I think. Mm -hmm. Those are two subjects where that really imprinted to my heart and taught me a lot about how a child should be trained, how students should be taught. So that's, that's how I learned. Mm. So it helped me a lot because it made me decide on what to do once I will have my own kids. Because it teaches about the principles. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know these are just principles, but then when I tried it with my daughter, it worked. So I said, oh, okay. These philosophers, the psychologists, they're correct. So <laughs> I continued doing it and I'm having good results. Because I see my daughter, she was well-bred, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of myself. I raised her well. Hmm. What a beautiful thing to be. You know, when, when it's about it's about grades or it's about you know that thing, I always told her, I do not need good grades. I mean, like I do not need you to be a valedictorian or something. What I need you to do is you try to understand everything, everything that your teachers teach you because it's not on the grades it's not on the medals it's on what will be retained in your brain because the knowledge and skills is what you'll be needing as you grow higher all the learnings that you acquire from elementary until college all all of that it will still be there it won't change all of the principles of all subjects that you learn from elementary until college is still there. Grammar, math, everything, I told her. So that's it. So sometimes she's really, I'm, even if I don't pressure her, she's still very afraid that she will get low grades. I tell her, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You're not failed. You passed. It's okay. <laughs> that's, that's that's you know she's she's always afraid but i tell her it's okay did you understand the lessons yeah and it's good because you're gonna be needing that when you go to college you know what's really really amazing that happened just this year because you know uh for a year i couldn't walk mm. I, I couldn't almost move because my herniated disc was really, really bad already. And uh, even if I lie down, the pain was still there. I was taking pain relievers already for cancers, like three, three kinds of pain relievers and mm. all of that. I still couldn't move. I couldn't sleep. I was collapsing every now and then. So literally, I was working at home 
I was given the approval to work at home last year until July this year when the pandemic set in. I was allowed, when my, my, my colleagues were already allowed to work at school, I was the only one working at home because hmm. of my condition. And literally, I was working in a sea lion position because of my spinal cord condition. And she was doing all of that, like household chores, our dogs, because I have a kennel, and she studies as well. So she she had those three major responsibilities at a very early age. Mm -hmm. And you know what really surprised me last when was their graduation? She graduated as a senior high with honors. Wow. I didn't tell her that she should be an honor student, but we were both surprised. And I was so amazed because she was literally like my mom. She was taking care of me. Mm. And 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 to 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 look at her during the graduation, virtual graduation. Of course, her name was the first one that flashed because it's it, it starts with letter A, Antoinette Maria Saolio with R. What? Like <laughs> uh, what? I was like like uh, you know really surprised, and then we were both embracing each other and crying. Aww. it was surreal. You know, it was so amazing because. Mm. I'm so proud. <laughs> she was, yeah, she she had to do all that. And yet she managed to fly, I mean, with colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think gentle parenting did that. Mm. Yes, that's what a beautiful story. And seeing how your daughter has grown into this amazing human being and, and, not just in her studies, but the way that she cared for you. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful, it seems like you guys have a very beautiful relationship together. Um, and I know before we started recording, one of the things that you had shared with me was that it's almost like you guys are, are friends almost. Um, and that a lot of times people can't even tell which one is the mom because you're so close in your relationship together. And at least here in the United States, a lot of people have that concern. They're like, you know, you're the parent. You can't be your child's friend because you're the parent. Um, what would you say to someone who feels like, like they shouldn't be their child's friend because they're the mom or the dad? I'd say that why not? Why should I not be my daughter's friend when she can have other friends? I should be the first friend that she can turn to anytime when she cannot turn to anyone. Hmm. Because I'm the closest that she has. When everybody will turn her, turn their back against her because of some other issues, I'm the only friend who will not, regardless of arguments that we can have, regardless of opinions that would, you know, not really go together, I would still be her friend. So why should I not be her friend? Mm. You can do that also. 
to your kids so that they will never ever turn their back again away from you mm. and they will always be open to you every secret everything that they cannot tell their other friends they can tell it to you mm. so why should we not be the, the best friend that our kids cannot have yeah we we should be the best friend that they should have right i remember thinking you know as i was growing up a lot of times when i would get in trouble i would try to run away from my parents or hide from them and of course i would want to go and tell my friends you know i would go to my friends if i was in trouble or had some sort of problem and i remember thinking like that exact same thing that when my daughter's in trouble i want her to run to me i don't want her to run away from me you know, I want her to be able to come to me when she has a problem and trust that I'm not here to punish her, but I'm here to help her. Um, and it, it really is a very different dynamic as a parent and being able to have that, that love and that connection and that trust um, with our children that, that they will be able to run towards us instead of running away from us whenever they're facing exactly. difficulties in their life. Yeah, I guess. The reason that I prefer to stay out is because my mom wasn't gentle at all. Mm. I guess the reason that it's not really, I'm not blaming her, but I wanted to, you know, to be close to someone. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have anyone with me. Because my friends, my, all of my friends that I grew up with, that I spent most of my time with since elementary until high school, they were all over the Philippines studying. We got separated from college. And, you know, being away from, from, from the people that you always talk to, it's kind of crazy feeling because I couldn't have also anybody to have to talk with mm. even just one with my siblings and I couldn't have it with my mom mm. so when I met the the, 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 the dad my ex-boyfriend the dad of my daughter I guess that's the mistake like because he was there he was there for me. Like I could talk to him and it made things worse. <laughs> but I'm thankful that I met her. I met, I mean, I met him because I have my daughter. That's the mm -hmm. gift that I, that's the best gift that I've received in my lifetime. What would you say has been the most challenging part of being a gentle parent and a single parent? Of course, the fact that you're a single mom and you have limited funds. Oh. Could you repeat that one more time? Sorry, our, our connection is a little staticky. To turn to because you want. 
experience is every time I I have problems with my finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because for for nine years, I'm I've worked in the university as a contractual faculty, and when you're a contractual faculty, your salary is always delayed. Like I've experienced six months with no salary at all. Yeah, and it's a state university. I don't know. Uh, they cannot explain it that time, but I knew they they had some problems with it. But because I'm a single mom, I had to do something, and it's good that I was taught to be, you know, resilient and independent and resourceful at a very early age because I come from humble beginnings as well. So because I can teach well, I can teach English so well. I did some freelance job even at night. So mm-hmm. aside from my university job, I had to work my butt till wee hours in the morning just to do some freelance online freelancing jobs as a virtual assistant, as an ESL tutor, and all that. Mm. So that's how I lived for all those months that I had no salary. <laughs> wow. That's the most challenging part of being a single mom. And being a, a gentle parent, I guess it's when at the time that she was starting to get um influence not really influence but you know there's a stage in the childhood wherein um it's not that they prefer their friends over you but you know because they're she already met some friends she sometimes um adapts Mm -hmm. their behavior yeah so she does it with me And then I get really irritated, (laughs) really irritated because that's not me. I'm not like that. I never answer back my mom. Why does she answer me back? She never (laughs) did that when she was a little girl. Then when she met these kids, she's already trying to answer me back. But that Mm -hmm. was playing in my mind. It was so hard for me (laughs) because I have to be gentle. So what? I just did was okay you do that I will isolate I won't talk to you unless you tell you say sorry or you tell me what happened so once she does that I will isolate her like like literally isolate myself I won't eat together with her hmm. when she talks to me it's as if it's as if she, she doesn't exist oh wow <laughs> that's what I do like like talk to my palm, but I don't do that. I should, mom, mom. <laughs> I do that, and it works. Hmm. Later on, maybe she realizes her mistake. Oh, she comes to me. Mom, come on. Sorry, I did this. Let's be friends. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's. I guess the most challenging part that. I've experienced the gentle parents, mm-hmm. but it has been fixed. She's a lot older. Mm-hmm. She already knows her boundaries. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I know that you also mentioned that you are starting a podcast soon. Is that correct? Right. Can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast that you're about to launch? Yeah, actually, it's called Great Glory and Gratitude. It was born because of the fact that I'm already considered as a person with disability because of my physical uh, condition, my spinal condition. Because even if if, uh, I'm now uh, uh, physically better, like compared to how I was before getting operated, the herniated disc is just there in my spine. So the wound is still there. I mean, it's already tried, but the pain in the wound stays there. The, the sciatica is still there because it's being pressed in the lumbar area. So, you know, I've uh, gone into self-introspection as I was recuperating. Mm. And uh, also gone on to trainings. For, for, for me to, you know, just have something to do so that I won't get bored. And I entered a, a, a training school that was focused on training persons with disabilities. Hmm. And they gave us well-being sessions. And that's when I realized that even if I have limited capabilities already, that I can still be of value to people. And that's why I decided to, you know, inspire people because I was really, let's just say, I hit rock bottom mm. when, I, when I was financially down because I was camped uh, almost 200,000 pesos mm. last year. So all my savings for my daughter's college, supposed to be, is gone. Oh, wow. And then... Yeah, physically, I was so down because of my spinal condition. And just actually last year, before the pandemic set in, I got separated with my ex-boyfriend. It's not the dad of my daughter, but we were together for nine years. Hmm. So we were boyfriend-girlfriend for nine years. He literally stood up as the father of my child because of things that that didn't work out. So we got separated. So all of that happened last year. In the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So like everything was so down in me, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Hmm. Mental health was a very big problem. But yeah. It was good. My daughter was just there to take care of me that I didn't think of anything rash, harsh, like you know, like being suicidal, and I, 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 I was so afraid that I would leave my daughter so, so fragile and vulnerable. So, but then because of that well-being session, it, it inspired me to do this. I, I want to, you know, be able to be an inspiration, to be the voice of people like me, single moms, persons with disabilities, to be able to inspire people like people like me. To, 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 you know, highlight the struggles and at the same time successes of all of the people in the inclusive community so that those who are in that season would also, you know, learn to step up, to, to be inspired. Mm-hmm. That even if they have that situation, even if they have, you know, all of that 
whatever problems that they're having as a single mom, as a person with disability, as a whatever it is, that there is hope because I've had it and I'm okay. Uh, I, you know, that's that's the purpose of my podcast. Mm. And it's so amazing that I had to step up because I'm not really like this. <laughs> it's, 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 it's something, you know, it's something that I didn't imagine myself doing. Mm. But because of being a person with disability, I was empowered to do it. Mm. That's wonderful. Well, I, I hope that you have so much success with that. Um, and so again, if um, if you missed her podcast, it is called Grit, Glory, and Gratitude. How did you come up with such a brilliant name, Grit, Glory, and Gratitude? What what has Grit, Glory, and Gratitude meant for you? It's a testimony of my life. Hmm. Because the journey was so bumpy. <laughs> It was full of roadblocks. Mm. I am literally, figuratively, a survivor. Mm-hmm. I had enough grit, and I'm still here. Why? Oh, you won't believe it, but I was born with no heartbeat, with no oxygen. Oh, so wow. literally. I was born dead. <laughs> I cheated that the moment I was born. Wow. Right. So God had so, a purpose in, in having you. Be I guess so. I've, yeah, I, I've cheated that, let's say, three, four times. So from mm-hmm. the moment I was born, then I had an operation with my tonsil. I didn't know why, but I'm still alive because I was looking at my body. I was hearing sounds already, but yeah, I'm still here. And then this final decompression surgery again, it was a very major delicate operation. Four doctors had to operate on me. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. The doctor didn't give me any assurance, but he only told me, we will make it sure that we are careful. We have we are four doctors. We have each our own assignment. So I guess we assure you that the immediate cost of your pain will be removed. That your condition that's gonna stay because we're not going to remove your spine. It's with you. Mm. <laughs> then three weeks ago, I had COVID. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm a survivor. I am determined to live. I have resilience. Mm. Whatever happens to me, I will live with it. I will coexist with it. I have initiative to do things to upskill myself, whatever it is that I have and I don't have. Because I've been in a in in, in moments of having nothing at all. Mm. Like literally having it all. So why should I be afraid? Because even if I have nothing, my faith is here. Yeah. So if once he's with me, and I believe that he's always with me, I will mm-hmm. always live. I guess that's his purpose. That's yeah. it. That's and what about what about glory? Well, what made me survive was to to actually you know 
think of things that I can be thankful about. That's the gratitude in it. Mm -hmm. That's the gratitude in it. And in every small achievement I have, I could say that I glorify the name of my maker. Amen. Yeah. That's my belief. So once I, 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 I think of all the great things that I could be thankful about, even if I have this condition, I am able to survive. I am able to fix my thoughts. Whatever negative things that creeps at the back of my mind is removed. Mm -hmm. Because I always practice gratitude. Even if it's just thinking that, oh, I'm still breathing. Thank mm -hmm. you, God. Oh, I'm awake. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. Thank you, God. Yes. You know? Yes. And it's some kind of a glorifying, you know, moment when people do that. Mm. Because we, we try to, to, to think about what is beyond what is not seen. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best glorification that we can give God. Yes, I absolutely agree. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I, why I personally chose to become a gentle parent as well, because in my mind, you know, I, I couldn't see any other better way to glorify God than to show his love to my own children. And, you know, I, the Bible talks about that it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance, not you know, punishment or wrath or anger or things like that, that it's his, it's his kindness. And so choosing to parent our children in that way, it truly does. It, it glorifies God. And, and it's a beautiful opportunity to be able to reflect his love. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, it has been such a pleasure talking with you today um, and hearing a little bit more about your story and your journey. I'm really looking forward to seeing more what you create with this podcast to be able to make a difference for, for other single parents, people with disabilities, um, and you know, just other people that can relate to your story and to your struggles and um, so I'll make sure that I include the link for that in the description. So if anyone else is interested in hearing Myrna's podcast that will be released, um, this Wednesday, but by the Wednesday. time this podcast release, it will have already passed. So, um, okay. so please make sure that you check out her podcast, great glory and gratitude. And if someone would like to connect with you, how else might they be able to connect with you, Myrna? Uh, yeah, I, I have a Facebook page tiktok and twitter uh at, at miss marinafe that's it at miss marinafe they can search my facebook page um twitter and tiktok at miss marinafe then my ig handle is at miss marinafe dash 3g okay i also have a youtube account that is made uh it's marinafe 3g podcaster at Miss, I uh, know, at Mirna Faye, 3G podcaster. So you can search me and you can connect with me there. 
That would be wonderful. And I will make sure that I include all of those links for you in the podcast description. So you'll be able to connect with Myrna and the work that she's doing. Um, thank you so, so much just for being here today and for sharing with us. And to all of my listeners, I hope that this episode was as much of a blessing for you as it has been for me. Uh, remember that there are new episodes of the Peaceful World Schooling podcast that are released every Tuesday. Uh, make sure that you subscribe so you will not miss out on a single episode. And if you would like to support me and my work, please make sure that you share this episode with your friends and your family, and also consider donating to any of the links in the description or on my website, www.peacefulworldschoolers.com. Thank you so much, and I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are. Bye. Join us next Tuesday on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders, and I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are. If you like this video, please make sure you subscribe and click the bell so you will not miss out on a single episode.